Welcome back to the Art of Falling Asleep podcast. My name is Derek Lacey. I am your gracious host. And in today's episode, I want to discuss the argument over quality or quantity. Now, if you have been listening to this show for a bit or have gotten to learn some of my views on sleep, I don't think you're going to be very surprised to find out which side of that argument I fall on. But this is a discussion that I thought was very important to have because this is something that comes up very quickly when I start work with new clients. And in particular, those clients who do not struggle falling asleep initially, but then wake up in the middle of the night and struggle to fall back to sleep. This particular problem is the new epidemic in sleep. This is this is what I hear happening for more people than anything else. And as a result of this, with the work that we're doing, it's creating a dilemma where as they begin to, to do the work, to learn the steps in the five-step method, where they are resolving their own resistance before getting into bed, there's a temptation to forego the steps or shortcut them and jump straight into bed because they're already feeling sleepy. That's not where the problem is, right? So it just makes more sense to just go to sleep now. So this is actually the foundation of their problem, that misconception that not being able to fall back to sleep is where the problem is. The problem is with how you fall asleep the first time. So we've discovered that going through the five-step method prepares your body in a way that really minimizes the number of wake-ups or waking up altogether or if you do wake up maybe you don't have to get out of bed to go use the restroom or anything like that because you wake up in what we call the frequency of sleep which is a frequency you arrive to as a result of resolving your own resistance and therefore as you go through the cycles and phases of sleep while while leaving the old pattern you are also entering a new pattern that more closely resembles the way we used to sleep before all of this unnatural resistance entered the room you know the the light the noise the emotional noise and and everything else that is a um, byproduct of the day extending way beyond when the sun goes down. All right, so this brings up the question, why am I able to fall asleep so easily the first time? Remember that one of the primary functions of your sleep clock and circadian rhythm is to keep you safe. So even if you're struggling to sleep, eventually you're going to get to a point where your body can't take it anymore. And just like your subconscious mind might be trying to keep you safe by keeping you awake, 
Now your sleep clock is trying to keep you safe by telling you to go to sleep. And this is why when you experience insomnia, you'll usually get some kind of minimum sleep, two, four, five hours, something like that, because it's just needed for survival. Or if you're like me, when I was really struggling, my subconscious mind would go like three days. It would win that arm wrestling match over the sleep drive. But eventually, you know, like on the fourth day, I would just like pass out and sleep for like eight to 10 hours to catch up, right? It was just my, my body's way of making sure I didn't die, which I appreciated, but to me it felt like, you know, like I got your back, I'm not gonna let you die, but I'm pissed at you. I'm still, I still haven't let go of that one time you did that one thing to me. That's a good way to really think about it. Insomnia is, is how, your, how your sleep clock is keeping score and making sure that you do not go into the red and doing this while you begin to, to figure out what it means for you to surrender and resolve that emotional resistance. And what's missing now is that emotional sleep, the, the sleep that really feels good to the soul. So here's where the dilemma starts to build, where your sleep drive, this part in your brain that's wanting to keep you alive is telling you, hey, it's time to go to sleep. You're sleepy. This is the time. But there's another part of you, that emotional part of you, the more spiritual part of you that hasn't processed yet, but doesn't even know how to feel into that difference. And now you're feeling exactly how you thought you're supposed to feel in this moment. And so there's that just confidence, but it's an ungrounded confidence. It's, it's saying, I'm not real sure about this, but let's see if this is the time that I actually make it through the whole night. So in that moment, it just doesn't make a lot of sense to take any measures. It's like beating a dead horse at that point. It's counterintuitive, right? Like I'm, I'm too sleepy to try to make myself fall asleep. <laughs> However, right now we're introducing this context of of there being milestones that you reach in a routine and, and so that's what the message here is is that there's a resolution point that you can reach but the way out of this dilemma is to reach that resolution point before that clock in your brain says okay we need to send this person I need to send my human to sleep right now or another way to think about it is that you are feeling sleepy and you've also gone through those milestones. Now, if you're not doing this, then what you're probably doing is just waiting for your cue, which in itself is a routine. And it's probably something you've been advised to do many times, right? Like just wait for the cue in your body that tells you you're sleepy. And the problem with this is that we are no longer living a primitive lifestyle. This, this routine where you're just waiting for the cue to go to sleep worked for our ancestors because 
they were outside and the sun went down and they didn't have the option of continuing to stay in that brainwave state or the frequency of their day. And instead, there's this automatic induction from their environment, from the lack of light and a different kind of magnetism that's leading them into dissension. And so we can't really do that anymore. Well, we can, and some people still do, but this is why the insomnia numbers are what they are globally. If you are just waiting to get that cue from sleep, you are waiting because you fall asleep easily initially. Whereas somebody who doesn't fall asleep easily initially, they are more motivated to go through some kind of routine that resolves them. Whereas you most likely are more motivated to learn about what you can do in the event that you wake up and can't fall back to sleep. I'm not trying to pigeonhole you, it's just what I'm seeing a lot. Okay, so if you are waiting, which kind of also means not just standing around waiting, but you're doing other things until you get that cue for sleep. But waiting nonetheless, from the frequency of your day, well now you are in the frequency of overthinking, problem solving, not being able to let things go. And when that sleep comes, you fall asleep easily, but more so from exhaustion. And you wake up, but you wake up in the frequency of your day. And then there's that misunderstanding, misassumption, that I'm having trouble falling back to sleep. Which is weird because I don't have trouble falling asleep the first time, it's just the second time around. Where do I go from here? And so this little resolution point that takes place before your sleep drive is telling you that it's time is a very opportune space. Now in this space, you can do the things that you've maybe been trying when you've woken up before it was time, but now you're trying them from this frequency of sleep, or it, at least it's at least it's closer to that frequency of sleep. You're not in that frequency of frustration, and then driving the subconscious mind into this extreme zone of determination. So that's why it's important to hold on to this concept of the frequency of sleep in this landing spot that isn't sleep quite yet, but it's also not the same energy from your day. And then knowing how to arrive to that, right? In, in The Art of Falling Asleep, we, we ground the subconscious mind, we release the energetic body, and then reach a state of equilibrium, allowing the, the brain and nervous system to catch up with this important, dissension process that we're going through and I totally get it I, I understand that um, it's more appealing to not need to do anything to fall asleep and what I'm just inviting you to keep in mind is that this way of waiting for sleep worked in more primitive times because the sun would go down and 
by virtue of the sun not being there, we had no choice but to behave differently. So it's not even that our behavior was leading us to sleep. Nature was sending us to sleep. Whereas now, to sleep this way, you've got to you know, be extremely off the grid or, or that's it. And, and so if, you're, if that's not you, now you're just kind of waiting, but you're waiting from the frequency of your day. Now your, your sleep drive doesn't care about the frequency of your day, right? This is a, a survival mechanism. You are carrying over this higher sleep drive probably from waking up the night before not being able to go back to sleep, right? And so you're, you're repeating that pattern. And so now the dilemma is you are already sleepy, but before we get to that point, we're trying to invite you into a new routine that doesn't put you to sleep, but takes you into the frequency of sleep. But wait, there's more. There's another factor that increases the stakes in this dilemma. Going through a routine, if it guarantees a higher quality of sleep, that could be a simple yes. But added to this is that clock over there in the corner and you doing that internal math. You know, if I fall asleep right now, then I get my eight hours and that takes priority. So it's like there's a vote that goes on, right? Like. All in favor of getting into bed now and skipping the steps, raise your hand. And your sleep drive is raising their hand. And then that part of you that really wants those eight hours is raising your hand. And so that wins. And the thing about these eight hours is that even though you know it's so important and that that resolving that resistance and reaching these milestones that that we put in the steps, even though we know that's the way to go. Hitting that eight hour mark is emotionally just as important. Here's the thing, I, I know that I could sit down with each one of you and probably have a conversation, just a, a logical conversation about how much sleep you need, how much sleep we all need as individuals and how that differs because we are all not the same. And I know you would walk away with an intellectual understanding of the truth in that. But at the same time, all of us have had it drilled into our head with, with a Black & Decker power drill that we need eight hours of sleep. You need to drink eight glasses of water a day. There are eight notes in an octave and you need eight hours of sleep. Which takes me back to when I started sleeping better and I started getting like five, six, six and a half hours of sleep. I felt so good. I felt so good. Yet there was that part of me that was emotionally attached to the eight hours that, that weren't there yet. And, and it had, you know, it had a, an energetic emotional effect on me. So yeah, we're back to that dilemma where you are going through 
your steps, right? You're, you're trying this new approach to sleep where there are milestones. If you're doing your own routine, you have your milestones. I encourage you to adopt some if you don't have some. But we have these milestones in, in the art of falling asleep where you, you're grounded in your subconscious mind. You're released in your energetic body. So there's this place you arrive to, but on your way there, you also have this sleep clock that's dangling this sleep that's like, um, it's almost like um, a mirage of eight hours of sleep. And now you're in this dilemma. Do I take the bait and prioritize the quantity or do I stay the path and focus on the quality? And let me just say too that you can have both. <laughs> That's the whole point. The whole point is being able to have both, but it takes a little bit of getting your feet wet with the process. But this is where you really start to see the success is where they identify like, okay, there's a way of being that I haven't been, I haven't been being, <laughs> that is really influential. And it's also a trust in quality, a trust that I don't have to take the bait, that it's okay if I'm not in bed by my curfew. But just know that, you know, it does take a little bit of taking the bait, right? It takes a little bit of time and and repetition of taking that bait before you're you're finally really like intuitively able to acknowledge like, yeah, it it really is important to fall asleep in this state of zero resistance or the frequency of sleep. So in preparation of this episode, I started to do a little research on quality and quantity because I was really curious about other things where quantity was really valued. You know, I, I, I just couldn't, I couldn't wrap my head around anything that I'd rather have more of than, than more quality of. But the, the one thing that I, that I found that I couldn't argue with was toilet paper. This article was ranking toilet paper as like the top thing. And of course they were using the uh, circumstance of like the zombie apocalypse, right? Like it doesn't matter how good the quality is. You just want enough toilet paper to outlast the zombies. And, and the next thing that they had was money, which, you know, that's, that's a good argument, but I, I take it if you are listening to this podcast and interested in healing and growth that you most likely love money, but would rather make your money, you know, in alignment with, with your values rather than have to sell your soul to the devil. So it, really there wasn't much, but I, I found a piece uh, an interview with Gary V, who I, uh, I think his name is Gary Vanderchuk, but forgive me, Gary. Forgive me, Gary V, if, if uh, I'm not saying your name correctly, but yeah, everybody knows him by Gary V. And if you don't know who he is, he's a real intense guy, 
very principled and he's just one of those people he he drops these bombs that are hard to <laughs> that are hard to disagree with and he was arguing that that as a general rule he would take quantity over quality because quality is subjective right which is which i get like you might get five hours of sleep and i might get five hours of sleep and there's more variability in our interpretation of that quality there's a greater chance that we could end up further apart in our rating of quality than if we both got eight hours so that's that's a good argument but i also found it really ironic how eight hours of sleep has become anything but objective that is the most subjective that is actually the most subjective aspect of sleep and i'll explain what i mean by that imagine going to sleep waking up and it's dark outside but you don't know what time it is and you don't want to look at the clock because you don't want to look at it and discover like it's only three o'clock in the morning and you're you're really hoping that it's like 5:58, right it's like as late as it could possibly be while it's still dark and and so you can't help it and you look at the clock and sure enough right it's like 559 <laughs> and you let out right you let out this sigh of relief like oh i made it through i made it through and you know you you get up you do your morning business and you just have this certain frame of mind but in that same situation you know when you've looked at the clock perhaps and it was only three it's like you you were at the mercy of the clock. You were at the mercy of something that's kind of just an illusion, right? And even if it's just for a moment, you were you were so attached to that number of hours that you gave all your power to the clock and completely lost all sense of this thing called quality. And so right there, quantity became subjective. And you know, let's say that this is part of an experiment, right? Where you're like your own placebo group. If, if you actually only slept until three o'clock and then thought you slept till 5.58, later on in the day, you might feel the difference but this is what we know about the subconscious mind. You're still going to feel better than you would have if you weren't going through that cycle of, of scarcity and thinking that, um, oh, you know, oh boy, I didn't, I didn't sleep. I didn't get my hours of sleep. The opportunity that is also here for you when you are measuring the milestones and not counting the hours is that you wake up and you know that you experienced a deeper kind of sleep. And so now comes this unwavering confidence that the amount of sleep that you just got is going to be enough for whatever happens later that day. This is a very powerful mantra that I've always carried over the years 
that is helpful, but is even more helpful when you know you're not just selling yourself that snake oil and you really mean it. You really know it. You really know that if you happen to just get five hours of sleep, well, those are the best hours that I could have gotten. So it has this way of building layer upon layer where your routine is helping you sleep better each night, but also improving neuroplasticity. And you're starting to believe in yourself a lot more. And you know, the example I gave is just one example, but I've also just heard from so many of you who take a prescription pill to fall asleep. Knowing that the pill isn't giving you the same quality, but you take it because you were getting those eight hours and that's what you need right now to get you through which i totally get it is challenging but you know it's it's part of like unsuper gluing that number off of our foreheads right the eight hours that encyclopedia britannica ironed on to our heads so yeah gary v man it's it's I'm not gonna argue with you. I've learned that you can't argue with Gary V's. He lays down laws, but Derek L is is now making the argument that that because eight hours of sleep has become subjective, well, that means we can make the case that five hours of sleep or six or seven hours of sleep is objectively of a high quality we can make getting that amount of sleep objectively good if it reaches these objective parameters these milestones you know the milestone of grounding your subconscious mind releasing your energetic body and then arriving to a brainwave state that is most appropriate for that time of the day that's responding to the lack of light and the magnetism that's surrounding you so yeah, you can, <laughs> you can use an objective system to be able to say, I experienced a kind of sleep that was of a lower quantity than I wanted, but of a higher quality than I ever imagined. Sit with that for a minute. I'm getting organic goosebumps just saying that, but that's the truth of it. This is what we're discovering in this work, in the steps. This is the art of falling asleep, that when you induce your own dissension and resolve your own resistance, you are matching a quality of sleep that your ancestors used to get, but you're matching it and maybe even doing it better because you're the one that actually had to say, you know what, I am going to create my own sleep boundary right here. The world around me is telling me to do this thing, but I'm going to go the other way. And because I'm swimming upstream, but then reaching a point where the stream is following me, I've created a greater amount of momentum than would have happened otherwise. So let me just bring this back in and summarize the message here in this episode. 
And that is that, yes, there's a, there's a dilemma that you experience between quality and quantity. And one of the ways, the way that you can avoid that dilemma, one is just trusting, right? This new law, <laughs> a, new, a new law that is spiritually informed, right? It's not me that's making this law. I'm just, I'm just listening to the message from spiritual sleep that's saying that sleep is more, it's more spiritual than it is anything else. You know, the, the same people that are coming up with these numbers acknowledge themselves that we know very little about sleep as far as the science and anything else goes. And so just think about the fact that you can't measure something that you're not looking for. Sleep is not something with a ceiling that is absolute. Sleep is the place you go so that you can experience the infinite, the unknown, and what would otherwise be impossible. I like to think about what the scientists might be measuring in a thousand years from now, right? The human being is not gonna change. They're gonna be able to measure things that we haven't learned about, so why not experience what, what they haven't learned about yet? So, you know, it just wouldn't surprise me if in a thousand years from now the scientists were saying, wow, we've discovered that if you can fall asleep in a state of zero resistance, well, your spiritual chakras are cleared and you receive all of these downloads from God and, and just all the loving energy in the world. And not only that, but you get to experience all those things that your consciousness was blinded to during the day. So you're just caught up with everything. Sleep is spiritual, don't forget that. And, and because of this, quality is of priority. And so the, the goal for you is to be able to arrive to this resolution point where you induced this state of zero tension in your body, zero resistance, arrive to that point before that clock in your brain and that drive to sleep is saying, hey, my human, you need to go to bed. No ifs, ands, or buts. So what you want to focus on is just getting to this point of self-induced zero resistance. And don't wait for your sleep drive to come and get you because it's doing this as a survival mechanism right there's a point where you are taking the lead you need to take the lead this is where we are right now your subconscious mind and your inner child are asking you to take the lead in managing your emotions before that clock hits zero on your sleep clock to decide, release, forgive, surrender, all these things we've been talking about, all these different episodes and throughout. And you know, you're not even doing this to fall asleep. You're doing this because you've been blessed with this time of day. And it's a time of day that is very exclusive. You can't experience the feeling 
that you get at this time of day at any other moment. And we're so used to going straight from consciousness to unconsciousness. And there's actually a space between. And gosh, does that feel really good to be in that space. And that's the focus. That's the focus. And so this is the work that we do, right? I'm I, I'm sharing this. This is I feel like this is a very valuable episode. It's got a little bit uh, more let's say value for you to go apply directly and if it's really resonating with you and you want to go deeper with it reach out to me let's have a conversation i can share how the steps work and and what the program looks like and um, the point i want to make is that the world is behind you right like there's there's a uh, just a plethora of momentum that's ready to take you into sleep and there are ways to start working with that momentum so give this a try let me know what you think and as always have great sleep